President Trump is moving at dizzying speed. Is there a method to the madness? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I'm usually on Saturday afternoons from 3 to 6, but I move around depending on UGA sports. So I'm on today from 1 to 3, which is a slot I used to occupy. So you might have heard me before uh, on Sundays. You might have heard me before on Saturdays. But if you haven't, buckle your seatbelts because I am a hardcore libertarian. I'm not a Fox News libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'm an extreme libertarian. And I recognize that that kind of radical political change is not something uh, that's I even want right now. I'm kind of on the thousand-year plan for that. But I have, I truly believe that the modern state has become what's called a pathocracy. It does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. It actually tries to increase chaos, tries to reduce prosperity and peace so that it has more power, more money, a greater role. So I am very, I've lost faith in the possibility of limited government, however, In the near term, I defend it. My libertarian principles are totally consistent with the American experiment, especially with the Bill of Rights. And I actually am not in the mood for a revolution. I think that's a bad idea. But I do take a very strict position on holding everybody, Republicans and Democrats, to the standards of our foundational law, the Constitution, and our foundational statement the Declaration of Independence. So with that, let's talk about the news of the week. It has been, I have to say, totally overwhelming to try to keep up with President Trump's first week. And it, it makes me wonder kind of who's setting the pace, who's behind writing these things up. He had so many meetings with foreign heads of state. He ha- He spoke to Angela Merkel of Germany. He met with Theresa May from the UK, came over. He had uh, a phone conversation, a Twitter war, and all sorts of drama with Mexican President Peña Nieto. And uh, also he had a conversation with Putin. I mean, he was really busy this week. And at the same time, there were executive orders, there were laws signed, from everything from abortion to health care to immigration to refugees that caused a huge splash. And I wonder if, uh, you know, who is he? He's really got to trust people. If he's going to sign things that have major implications that he certainly cannot possibly, even if had the experience and the intelligence and the judgment to vet it all, he couldn't possibly do that uh, while he's so busy. Obviously, he had some lead time, and this stuff has been in the works for a while. But I want to talk about some of the policy specifics and how they fold into what what's my touchstone of uh, libertarianism and American foundational principles. But I want to know what you think of Trump's first week. So give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm here with my producer, Binkley. Hey, Binkley, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm exhausted. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're exhausted because of this crazy week. Yeah. I know. I And here's the nutty part about it is I'm watching this. I'm trying to, like, parse out what, what do these trade and immigration policies really mean for our economy? And uh, are these visa laws really um, – can you really implement them in real time? And I'm listening to the mainstream kind of cable network news, and they're not only not talking about the policies, they're talking about themselves. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about I, – I, I, they really jumped the shark this week. Very narcissistic. But it's, it's beyond. It's, uh, they jumped the shark, really, because Fox played a clip of a CNN anchor talking about – the media. And it was so crazy. And Steve Bannon, who's the big advisor to Trump, the Breitbart guy, said something like media shut, shut up and listen or whatever. That was the story they were focused on. And if they're not focused on that, they're looking at these protests and uh, you know who, who, who are the bigger haters, you know, which side. And everybody seems focused on that, which is such an easy thing to focus on. I mean, these are people with fundamentally different philosophies. It's so easy to just look across the aisle and make fun. But nobody seems to me is really talking about the policies and those in themselves are so complex, so rapid fire. We really should be scrutinizing it. But uh, that's the nature of the modern, I guess, media atmosphere. So why don't you, if you would, Binkley, I did tweet out uh, trying to find out what people thought about the first week of Trump's presidency. And I see that people do want to opine on it. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Why don't you give me, uh, give me a tweet? Gox RM. He says, what would Hillary's first week have been like? It doesn't really need to be put into a question. That's kind of the opposite. Now, I love getting tweets from him. We have a great rapport. I, Twitter is so fun for me, at Monica Perez Show. You might as well. It's even worth joining Twitter just to have this real-time interaction if you like the show. But uh, I have to say I, I, that approach of uh, he's better than Hillary, I get it. I was uh, in that camp during the campaign. But it's very dangerous, in my opinion, to fall for this whole left-right thing where uh, it was that Carol Quigley was a mentor of Clinton and he wrote a really um, sensational and academic expose, Tragedy and Hope, about how our, our state, our, the true nature of power in the world. And one of the things he said is – that how it really works is you set up the two-party system so that you can tell the people to just, quote, throw the bums out at any election and then put in your the other side who's really doing the same thing. And that is a dangerous – it's a dangerous situation where they – the real powers that be can exploit democracy in that they it, – it's taking the lesser of two evils philosophy – to a new level. Once the guy's in, you have to hold his feet to the fire. You have to always compare what he's doing against your principles. You have the power. He's a guy who, if you believe the reports, does not have a high approval rating. So if you're a supporter, it's your chance to make sure that he does what you want him to do. And you got to ask the question. You can't say don't ask the question. You got to ask the question. So uh, give me another tweet, Binkley, and then I'm going to take a call. Alpha 6 Insider says, like a boss fulfilling his promises on the campaign, opposition stunned and stymied. 
It is pretty amazing uh, how fast he seems to be genuinely implementing what he said. There's a couple of things I would say. I always try to look a little deeper. If you've been following the fake news controversy, you'll know, you might remember that for years I've been talking about how the mainstream media is the fake news. It has been for so long. They just feed you this stuff. And uh, if if this is if the way it's being rolled out is to be believed and isn't just crafted for like a psychological operation, if it's really uh, if it really is an indication that Trump will do what he said, that's interesting to me. I mean, that really changes the direction of the country, of the world, like he said in his inaugural speech. Uh, he has some challenges in that executive fiat isn't the way to have lasting changes. You have to work with the legislature. That's true. And there's also the possibility, and this is really going down the rabbit hole, but there is a possibility that what we're looking at is uh, is policy shifts that are radical and create chaos or a problem like his um, – the the ban on visas from these seven countries. I want to talk about that. That's happened on Friday. There are protests at the airport today because there was a little clause in there that said uh, effective immediately, even people who have legal papers can't come in right now. And that was kind of kooky. I, I, when I read the executive order's full text, I noticed that immediately. There are millions of people probably in the country already who have that status. There are very few people it would really keep out. However, the chaos that it would cause would be very media worthy. So I was a little, uh, when I see stuff like that, I, I almost wonder if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, if that stuff is a setup for a reaction so that the the opposition gets actually the power because people are so opposition oriented now that if they, if Trump does stuff that, um, that seems to backfire or that kind of thing, then you've got the opposition coming out and gaining strength that way. So that's something to watch out for. I want to take some calls. I am going to Josh in Atlanta. Oops, I can't, um, I cannot pull up my call. So why don't Binkley, you give me another tweet? All right. Tim says that he's very excited. He loves that the media can't keep up. Yes, that's that is a great, hopeful, optimistic attitude, and uh, I hope that that it. I would. I do not like the commentary. I think the media is not there to inform, but to manipulate. So I would be happy if he could do an end run around the media with his tweets and his pace. I hope it's what you see is what you get, which is what that is. Let me see if I can squeeze Josh in um, for this call. Hey, Josh, uh, hey, you are Marcus. on. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, two quick things, and then uh, I'll hang up and listen to your response. Uh, I think Donald Trump made a lot of promises uh, to do a lot of things, and I think he's trying to uh, really do those things uh, and do it at a rapid pace because people are uh, fed up with Washington taking their time with everything. And uh, I think he's really experienced. I think he sat back for a long time and watched how things have played out, and I think he has a, un, a pretty good understanding of things that are going better than what people perceive him to have. And uh, the last thing I wanted to say was I think uh, the voters and in, in the system in its purest form, the way it was set up, uh, really spoke this 
this uh, election, and uh, I think that the media just really undermines the people and really just tries to uh, play a play a viewpoint uh, from one perspective that really is not in touch with the American people uh, of the country. And I'm going to hang up and listen to your response. Thank you so much, Josh. That's a, a great call, jam-packed with stuff that I would like to address. I do. Uh, I would like to say that it's. I, I hope that it's what you see is what you get and that he is trying to implement his campaign promises and that he can do that in a way that's not disruptive or doesn't violate the Bill of Rights and the fundamental principles of this country. I, as a libertarian, I want limited government. I want a protection of our liberties, and I want a policy of defense, um, real, true, just war, self-defense kind of defense. So I'm going to hold him to that standard. I do question if it's possible to make an end run around the media these days. I think that the fact that he wasn't completely shut down and ignored the way Ron Paul was is is a a flag for caution in thinking this is what you see is what you get. More calls after this, 404-872-0750, and reading your tweets at Monica Perez Show. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 47 degrees outside the studio, a five on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and we're talking about Trump's first week in office. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am going to Robert in Ackworth. Hi, Robert. You are on with Monica. Uh-oh. There you go. Hey, Robert. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I wanted to let you know that I love Donald Trump, and here's why. He's running this country. Now bear with me just for a second. He's running this country like a businessman. I own several businesses. I realize that the government of the United States is not strictly a business, but neither is it not a business. And it's never been run like a business. It's one of the biggest businesses in the world, and yet it's never been run like a business. He has a mindset of getting things done, making things happen, not talking, not meeting with a bunch of people to get everybody's opinion, but just simply doing the next right thing. I realize he's not a king, and I realize our country's not a monarchy, but I also just am so impressed with the fact that he knows what needs to be done, and he's doing it. Our founding fathers, many of them, were business-minded people. When our country got started... We didn't even know what politicians were. And now we have somebody who is business-minded, who is making the country act like a business at least to start with. And if there's anybody who knows how to think like a businessman, it's Donald Trump. So he's not perfect, and our country's got a lot of work to be done. But we've got somebody who understands accountability, who understands there ain't no free lunch, who understands capitalism and that you've got to work hard and you've got to produce things. And it's not going to be perfect, and nobody's going to say that he's, you know, the savior of our country. But he is doing things from a businessman's perspective. That I, yeah, sense. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, I would just say, for me, that's the opposite of uh, my libertarian principles. Hayek, a great libertarian kind of gateway thinker, 
talks about the information that's inherent in the pricing mechanism, this decentralized information feedback, individual liberty and choice gets you to the most efficient outcomes. I don't like having uh, our government run by like a business. I understand that's his sell, but uh, we're going to talk about that lots more. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I'm normally on Saturdays from 3 to 6. I am your libertarian voice. Today I'm on 1 to 9. If you have 1 to 3, if you have not heard my show before, it's uh, I can be a little radical. I am a radical libertarian. I'm not looking for a revolution. I don't think that... The world is ready for anarcho-capitalism, the, the free market without government coercion. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So I try to just stick to our American founding principles, which I would totally accept if we had a government that adhered to them. I did get a call right before the break saying Trump's a businessman. He's going to run the country like a business. That'll be good. Our founders were businessmen. Uh, not to paraphrase the caller, you can listen to the podcast of this show if you want to go to PropagandaReportDaily.com or MonicaPerezShow.com. Uh, at the beginning of next week, I post all my podcasts there. You can re-listen to it. But to the extent that's what the message was, I just want to point out that the founders recognized that liberty and justice and rule of law, equality under the law – was the best way to get prosperity and peace and also fairness. So if you don't have the government doling out privileges, picking and choosing, and everybody is subject to the same rule of law, that makes competition possible. And competition really restrains that excess, that greed that people don't like about corporatism and cronyism. And, uh, and, and because of that, because... What the founders recognized is that you have to have faith in your leaders if you're going to give them that kind of power. And these guys did not have faith. So when someone says to me that this guy has a proven business track record and we should trust him to make these decisions, though, that means that the that you're agreeing to that authority, what he's doing, like say if the extent to which executive orders and administrative law put legislative power – in the executive branch, which to me is fundamentally unconstitutional. And when I was in law school, the first day of admin law, the teacher said, I don't want to hear about the Constitution. It doesn't apply in this class, basically, is what he said. But the the idea behind that kind of power being centralized and being okay with that, even though generally, like with Obama, you wanted to not let him have that power, is that you have faith in this guy's ability and in his intentions. And that's like the classical, the classic kind of earmarks of a, of a confidence game. So I'm not saying you're not going to get what you want and that he can't be trusted. I'm just saying our system was founded on not giving the benefit of the doubt to the leader. And if he is the guy that you can trust, you might allow him to put in what I call or, or we'll say the scaffolding of technocracy, which is like the building, the framework for a technocracy, which is ruled by experts 
they have that. This is and, and and it might feel good to say I want a little back after all these years of being a principal taxpayer who got nothing back. I want some back. And I I appreciate that. And I would like to say that what what we want back should be our tax money and our liberties and all that and not uh, just somebody better at controlling the levers of power. So for me, I feel like that's how we got this, uh, this socialist bureaucracy in Europe was we there's nothing we can do to contain the power and money and influence at the top. We just need to get ours. And then you always have to go hat in hand to the government to ask them for what what's right for you, for you, for you to get back. There's so much money transferred from the federal government to the state and local governments. This whole idea of sanctuary cities, uh, you better change your stripes or the feds will stop sending you money. Look at those cities. Why don't they stop sending the fed money? And then they don't have to be beholden. I'm not defending sanctuary cities. I'm just saying this system of the federal government giving money, it's like an end run around the 10th amendment. It's serious business. And, it's easy with all this chaos and noise to take our eye off the ball, but the principles are important, in my opinion. So I have in, my, in uh, the studio Binkley, my producer. We do a show, Propaganda Report, where we dig in more in-depth into these issues. So if you want to check that out, go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and subscribe to iTunes or uh, um, even just the blog. But, Binkley, do you have some – let's read a tweet at Monica Perez Show, and I'm going to get to some calls, 800-WSB-TALK. All right. Johnny says that Trump will grow, quote-unquote. He will sell out on all his good points. He'll start wars, and then the neocons and the libs will go back to destroying Rand Paul. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff in that. <laughs> uh, I, I would say the litmus test to see if somebody is truly independent from the military-industrial complex is how they're approaching – the, this endless war in the Middle East. So given that that was the theme of a lot of his conversations with Putin, Theresa May came to town, the UK prime minister, that the focus was is does seem to be an escalation of uh, military action in the Middle East, which to me is the source, the cause of terrorism spreading, of refugees everywhere. For me, I would say go in and stop all that, and then we will not have these problems. We will not have this controversy. So that is a, is a litmus test. Rand Paul, I, I can't imagine that he's uh, going to sell out because his you know, Ron Paul, his father, I can't imagine being raised by him and still not understanding the value of libertarian principles. He does compromise a lot. I know, Binkley, you've used the expression, like, Trump might be Batman, like, cooperate on the outside— <laughs> But really, he's secretly plotting to save the world. Uh, um, maybe Rand Paul is like that. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. The jury is a little bit out. I mean, I, I defend him because I, I, I until he's innocent until proven guilty, but he does kind of compromise. Anyway, let's talk uh, to some callers. 800 WSB Talk. I am going to Kelly in Atlanta. Hi, Kelly. You're on with Monica. Yes. I would like to know, you had made a statement a little while ago about the executive orders, and you said that Trump was, uh, didn't have the intelligence. Explain to me why he doesn't have the intelligence. Intelligence? Like IQ? I don't, I don't, I think what I said is, I, I don't remember what I said, but I, I would not, I think it was a misunderstanding. I don't think he's unintelligent. Okay, well, the way, you know, it was said, that's what it was sounding like. 
All right, well, I'll go back and listen to the podcast, and I will clarify in my show notes if necessary. But, no, I might have said even if he had the intelligence, he doesn't have the time because this stuff is super complicated. You know, they have legal implications to every single clause. As a matter of fact, when I read this executive order about the ban on Muslim countries, I read it twice. I'm a lawyer. I have some sense of how that language works. It immediately leapt out at me. This one clause, I think the whole entire thing would have been fine if it weren't for this one clause, and it happens to be the clause that's causing the trouble, which is effective immediately. People, even with legal documents who are in transit, will not be admitted. And that there's no reason for that. doesn't make sense. Well, it was like a trap. The time, they knew that. They knew it was coming. They knew. I don't think so this they, language they made was... They themselves more complicated by hopping on the airplane and coming on over. But they went to the U.S. authorities and got permission. That's the thing is this little group of people. It's just it was just a, it doesn't make sense to put it in there. And that's why I'm saying, like, did did Trump put it in there himself? Unlikely. Who did it and why? Was it a mistake? You know what I'm saying? It just I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I do get that. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it would have mattered how he'd done it. He's going to catch hell. Yes. No matter what. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he was. Yeah. These protesters aren't coming out because a couple of people are stuck at the airport. They're coming out. Exactly. You know, they maybe didn't even know what subject they were going to protest on until the the morning. Like, okay, here's our, here's your, this is what you write on, or pass out the signs, you know, in the last minute. So I agree with you there for sure. Right. And, and, you know, and this is going to continue, sadly, you know, I hate to say it, but um, it's going to continue. But I wonder. You know, I I have to look at, is there a reason, a method to putting those little bombs in there? You know, that that do they like the chaos because it gets people distracted by the form and not the content? You know, I really don't know. This this is a challenge to figure out what's going on because so much is going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm a big Trump supporter. I do think that he's done wonderful things in this past week and he's getting the job done and he will continue to get the job done because nobody else. Let me ask you one question. One question. Do you feel strongly about the bill of rights? Yes, I do. Do you want to hold him accountable to that? Like if I'm on the air and I want to say he is, uh, he's helping the legislature go around the Fifth Amendment, for example, which is what is going to be in the crosshairs. Due process is in the crosshairs with watch lists and no fly lists and no buy lists. If, if I'm critical of him in his compromising on that, will do you think I shouldn't be? Should I give him the benefit of the doubt? Should I compromise? Should I let it slide? Or should we be strict? Even though he's better than Hillary, should we still hold his feet to the fire? I mean, I do think you should hold him accountable, but at the same time, let's give him a chance. I mean, he's new with this, and he does have his advisors, of course, but, you know, he's not perfect, and he he will make mistakes. But overall, I really do think he's going to do wonderful things for our country. I, I don't, I'm not saying that he won't. I absolutely have very high hopes. Well, I should say I have <laughs> I haven't foreclosed the possibility that regardless of who's writing his his uh, orders or whatever, that 
there is that it's going to be a better direction than we have been going in. I'm happy with that. I, I hope that's the case, but I absolutely am not going to compromise. He, he needs it. If he's new and he's going to make mistakes or whatever, then he actually needs to be um, pushed back on if he compromises in D.C. too far and forgets what his base really wants. Thank you so much for the call, Kelly. I'm going to Bridget. Bridget, you're on with Monica. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, the thing that bothers me about Trump, and, and I voted for him, uh, but just sort of the lesser of three evils. But um, the thing that bothers me is is uh, the stuff that he's saying about trade. Because, um, I mean, for one thing, like with this 20% tariff that he wants to put on all products from Mexico, I mean, we end up paying for that. I mean, like they're saying, avocados are going to go way up and stuff like that. Americans are going to end up paying for that. Mexico isn't. And it's going to create a lot of other problems just on the Mexican end of things, too. Um, what I think they should do is people are forgetting that, you know, all the illegals that are here, they send money back. They send dollars back to Mexico. And dollars that come from the U.S. are responsible for, I, I think it's around 20 to 30 percent of the Mexican economy. It's a big chunk. And what, I think that if they're going to do something like that, Put a fee on, because a lot of people use Western Union and stuff like that. Put a fee on, tack it on to the money that's going out. because oh, that, That's a kind of a, a clever idea. I haven't looked into that at all, but I absolutely agree with you that the as a libertarian, I understand when you have a democracy that ensures liberty so that we have people voting, but we have these objective rules in the Bill of Rights. Immigration does matter. Making people citizens does matter. But as a libertarian, which is very like economics heavy, trade, immigration, uh, the value of the dollar, interest rates, all these things that the government manipulates uh, really by by definition reduces the overall efficiency and prosperity. So I think over the next year, we're going to talk a lot about the actual implications of these policies. I want to talk uh, more about Trump's first week, what you think, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And now for something completely different. What, what, what? Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 51 is the high today, 32 is the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Talking about Trump's first week, give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Anthony in Atlanta. Hi, Anthony. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to make a couple of uh, statements, then I'll just hang up and listen to your response. Okay. I hate uh, to based, tell you this, but you have on, one minute. Uh, based oh, on uh, Trump's first week, I am loving this president, and that's coming from somebody who used to be one of the never-Trumpers. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, uh, in the primaries, I had a my, my candidate was somebody else, but then once he won, I you know I voted for him against Hillary. Uh, I think we finally, uh, long last, have a real leader. Uh, and I'll tell you this: uh, the previous president made a big big to do about how his administration was going to be the most transparent in history. And then how many things did he do behind closed doors? This president is truly being transparent. I mean, he. He calls the media and says, okay, look, this is what I'm signing. Here's my signature. This is what it says. This is what it's going to do. I mean, how much more transparent can you be, you know? And he talks uh, directly to the people through exactly, Twitter. Exactly, 
exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll hang right. up. Thank hey, you. Thank you, Anthony, for the great call. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, when I hear this stuff, it feels to me like people are excited about Trump, and I like that. I, my only thing is that I do always want to go back to the libertarian touchstones of uh, personal liberty, of limited government. But if you're a libertarian, if you're not a libertarian, tell me what you think about Trump's first week in office. 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally Saturdays from 3 to 6, but I'm on now live Sunday, 1 to 3. And taking your calls about the first week of the Trump presidency. So I am, if you haven't heard my show before, I used to be on this time slot, so you might have. But if you don't ever listen on Saturdays and you want to, you can go get my podcast. I have um, online shows with my producer, Binkley, called Propaganda Report. It's at PropagandaReportDaily.com. And I also post my WSB shows there. But if you haven't heard my show before, I have to tell you, I am a hardcore libertarian. Not a Fox News libertarian, a hardcore the full Rothbard, anarcho-capitalist. But that being said, which is absolutely unequivocal, uh, I am not a uh, proponent of revolution. I feel like it's worth defending the American experiment, which I'd be happy with. I only became an anarcho-capitalist because I observed or believe that our government is beyond... Uh, the ability to to contain it within the confines of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I think it's just been lost, and I think it works against us. It actually decreases the prosperity, decreases the peace, so it gets more power. Now, we have a new president, and uh, many people think it's a massive radical shift, a coup over the military-industrial complex or the establishment and for me, the kind of litmus test for that is how an administration approaches the Middle East question about this endless war there and if our any of our actions that are unconstitutional, for example, like not declaring wars through Congress, that kind of thing, if we can pull back on that and maybe restore some order. So those that's the kind of test I hold up all Everybody who's in positions of authority at the federal government. But, uh, you know, if this is a if we are going to return to that, I will celebrate it. I am a defender of the American experiment and I'll continue to do so. But I'm always going to do it according to the really the libertarian principles it was founded on. So I got a, a tweet from Casey's mom that says, listening to at Monica Perez show, never Trump or just called in confessing Trump is being transparent and we finally have a real president. Yay. So this I am hearing a lot. Never Trumpers are super happy with Trump. And I'm a little, uh, I, you know, I wonder 
what changed? Because I feel like Trump is absolutely doing everything he said he would do in the manner in which he was said he would do it. So I wonder what it is that is um, converting people, his effectiveness, his following through. I don't know. And I, and what I really want to hear from is if there are never Trumpers or libertarians or maybe traditional conservatives who have concerns, who do not think that this is going to be a return to our founding principles. So if you if you're still a never Trumper, uh, give me a call. But generally, I just want to talk about what people's impressions are about Trump's first week. So give me a call at 404-872-0750 or 800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So I want to start uh, going to some calls. Let's see who's been waiting the longest. <laughs> Joe in Locust Grove. Hi, Joe. You're on with Monica. Hey, uh, Monica. How are you doing today? Thanks Good. How are you doing? Call. Uh, I just want to say that, look, um, as far as I know you are a libertarian, I, I like a lot of what the libertarians have believed, but these aren't the times. I mean, at this moment, at this moment in time in history, and in the state this country's in, and after it's been through the last eight years, might even say as far back as 16 when 9-11 happened, uh, but especially the last eight years, as far as I'm concerned, let's uh, since the election of Donald Trump, and in the first week of his presidency, he's gotten more done than the last two presidents, and especially the uh, well, the last the last eight years. But as far as I'm concerned, he keeps doing what he's got. He's doing right now. He's got carte blanche in my book because the truth is, we are under attack in this country from a distance. But here's the and, problem uh, that you can't and I say yeah, it's something that should have been done. Uh, years ago, and uh, I wouldn't let all these uh, uh, protests and these uh, judges that think they're going to rule from the bench or legislate from the bench during his time. I believe those days are over with, at least for a long time. I hope they are. If he just keeps doing what he's doing, he'll be fine. We'll well, who fine. do you want to legislate? So you don't want it legislating from the bench, but you're okay with it legislating from the White House? At this moment? What he's doing, he's doing a lot of things that need to be done. At least he's doing it in the open, like you said earlier. He is being very transparent. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, and you can go back as far as Bill Clinton. Uh, Bush wasn't that, I don't believe was that way or that bad. But you give them an inch, they're going to take the whole uh Kit and caboodle. We know what they are. We know what they would do. Yeah, I you actually. get a hold of this country right now, and starting with the borders and immigration, he couldn't. He couldn't be doing a better job. Well, some of some of what you say, I agree with. Some of what you say, I don't. Like, I don't. I wouldn't take Bush out of the lineup of the Clinton uh, category. I feel like he did so many things that expanded the welfare state, that violated the Constitution. I mean, I understand that uh, he paid lip service to a lot of that stuff. But something you said earlier is is a concern to me when you say this guy has carte blanche in my opinion that means a blank check and that this is what can happen if you have somebody who's convinced you it's kind of the essence of the confidence game they've convinced you that you can trust them and then uh Whatever they do, they can step outside the bounds of what you want from them, what you what your principles dictate, and they can 
violate those principles. And I actually coined a term called right cover, where he could, it, it does not really look like there that he's going to make an about face anytime soon, but he could do stuff that we're not okay with as far as, well, one big thing is this massive trillion dollar infrastructure spending thing that, that we'd never accept from a Democrat, but the right will shut up about it because this guy has a cart blanche has a blank check and that's what i and it's not going to make me popular but like the rest of the media you'll see the left focusing on the protests and uh or on uh, all of the media focuses on the media itself that that became the story somehow but even the right also focuses on the protests they focus on the you know who's who's the bigger hater kind of thing i think we absolutely have to keep our heads and scrutinize the policies and and evaluate the impact of those policies that's why i don't like it that it goes too fast i want legislation not from the bench or the white house but from congress like is in the constitution and i know obama said the stage for this but this pendulum swinging it's gonna it swings wider and wider and it's not going back to the original experiment and i and i do worry a little bit about that but maybe the powers that be uh or or um the people who with whom trump has to compromise know that the americans people are fed up and have to give back a little maybe they will do some of these things maybe the deregulation and stuff will be across the board and help small businesses and not just be case-by-case cronyism we have to see but we have to look if we're gonna see we have to look so i'm gonna look and uh, i'm going to sandra sandra you are on with monica hi thank you for taking my call yes Hello? You're on the air. What's going on, Sandra? Oh, hi. Um, I just want to speak about uh, Trump's first week. I think that um, he's doing a lot really fast. And uh, what uh, the last caller that called that uh, talked about the eight years of Obama and other presidents, I feel like um, Obama should have been given uh, the right to do so much, but but little that he did, but he did left his mark on on the White House and uh, with the in the, with the Mexico of uh, border. It, I feel like it's about to be more like a trade war rather than working with Mexico to you know to create uh, more opportunity for you know maybe you know help you know just yeah. The, the issue yeah. of the impact of these policies on trade is, for me, one of the top issues that, as a libertarian, as a laissez-faire, uh, a believer in laissez-faire, government hands off in the economy, I believe in that. And when I see manipulation, I worry that the results not only will be injustice, because it's going to be pick-and-choose tax policy, pick-and-choose regulatory policy, the people who have his ear um, may be able to make their case, whereas all the little guys won't. I worry about that, about the imbalance. But a mm-hmm. bit, just from a purely economic point of view, a purely practical point of view, that making central control of the economy is de facto inefficient. It does not reflect. There's this thing, Hayek's uh, theory of information. It's what Wikipedia was based on. And the idea is that pricing, being able to put a dollar value on all the costs, on the revenue, on you make it for every single person to make a decision based on 
a price. The price reflects that. Prices can go up and down. Look at the gas station. They can go up and down every single day, more than once a day. And that makes people understand the true value of their decisions. And they can go in and uh, decide what they want. And that makes an efficient allocation of resources. When you start deciding, like uh, Trump said, the pipelines need to be made with American steel. And he ordered his commerce secretary, who has been a huge investor in American steel, basically made his uh, wealth, told him, you better implement this. And that guy also talks about tariffs on Chinese steel. That can only mean that the prices go up to to the value only of the people who uh, own American steel manufacturing could be shareholders, whatever. But the fact that you restrict competition like that automatically impairs efficiency. Those are the kind of policy issues I want to hear discussed because they're important. And I feel like a lot of this noise, a lot of the focus on the protests and really um, excited people get hysterical, (laughs) you know, and the media is busy talking about itself that nobody's really looking at this stuff. Anyway, forgive my uh, departure into real policy issues, but I think we're going to have to focus on that over time if we want good results from this guy and not want him to be the full guy for a failed Republican presidency. So tons of calls on what you expected, what you think about Trump's first week. After the break, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.50. And- 75 cents back, please, Brad. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Hi, today at 51. Tomorrow's high forecast for 50. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, I did get a question from Binkley during the break. What is Hayek's theory of information? And the theory is that through a pricing mechanism or like Wikipedia's crowdsourcing, that everybody in the world has all the information in the world, but no one person has all the information. So if there's a mechanism by which that information can be communicated individually, like buying stuff that's priced right and not buying stuff that's priced too high, that that mechanism can reflect all the information in the world and have the efficient outcome where people get what they want for the right value and don't uh, and aren't deprived of the choices that clear for them. It's it's a great theory. I uh, and and it was cited by the founder of Wikipedia as his thing. I do want to uh, try to squeeze in a quick call. This is a short segment, so I'm going to Marty in Atlanta. Marty, you've got a minute. Rapid fire. Give it to me. Hey, Monica, you've made my day being on the radio today. Um, concerning the, uh, first off, I'm feeling bigly about the election. Everything's good. Uh, the price increases can go up uh, if we get wage increases. So uh, if the pickers don't pick, then uh, things go up and they'll pay a decent wage. As far as the travel ban, well, I don't know. I think he's just slowing everything down to find out uh, who is coming and going. Everybody else does. So I really don't see all this protesting unless he's doing some Gestapo move out there, which I really don't get that feeling. Uh, and paying for the wall, I don't think we can take the money that's being remitted back to me. That's like theft by taking. That's not ours to take. But we can tax them. We can uh, do stuff like that. So Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Marty. I um, I feel like 
I like that you have the touchstone of theft by taking, taxing, whatever. Is uh, you got to always ask yourself, thou sh- remind yourself, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, and that is the standard at which I start my libertarian musings. But we can continue to talk about Trump's policies, and I want to know what you think about his first week in office. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. It's a Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, usually Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today, I'm here from 1 to 3, so we're in the home stretch trying to get it all in. So if you are on hold, keep holding on. I'm going to try to get to all the calls. I'm also going to get to some tweets at Monica Perez Show. And if 9 out of 10 times I don't get anywhere near through all the stuff that I've prepared for the show, researched, it's I love to hear from the callers. It's my one chance to uh, hear everybody's opinions, so I don't always get in-depth on all the subjects that we cover. So what I do with Binkley, my producer, is we do a show called The Propaganda Report. We do a podcast, and we post that and the podcast of this show on PropagandaReportDaily.com, and we also try to put up every day kind of uh, articles in the news that we think are being spun, how you're being manipulated. That's why it's called the Propaganda Report. We try to sift through the media and tell you what it's really all about. So, Binkley, why don't you tell people how they can promote the show or at least get to it? Go to the Propaganda Report daily and click on the little Apple, the iTunes, and subscribe there and let your friends know about it. It'll be bigly. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, get a couple of tweets in, and then I'm going to blow through these calls. Go. All right. Roberts tweets the horseshoe theory. If you go far enough to the left or right, everyone thinks that authoritarianism is a necessary stage before true freedom. That's a classic. You've talked about it. I've talked about it. It's this idea, and and, uh, there's this book I read I've talked about many times, The Report from Iron Mountain. It's 80 pages. It was a New York Times bestseller of nonfiction. The government later said it was a hoax. I don't believe it was a hoax. Even if it was, it's important to read it. Because it talks about how they, the powers behind the scenes, the shadow government, whatever, want to create crises that only more government, even world government, can address. They actually mention having an environmental crisis just for that purpose. And they talk about how it would be really hard to get all the scientists to go along with it. Uh, stuff like that. It's really amazing. So this is not a new theory that, uh, that if, to the extent... The government is a pathocracy, which I think, and they work against us. They will promote issues that make us need and want more government and even a world government and immigration, refugee, migrant flows. That kind of stuff does lend itself to this, what they call a supranational authority, an authority like the U.N., but that has real power. Okay, anything else? Yeah, Dave says that Obama's carte blanche has led to Trump's. It's getting worse. The road to dictatorship, the American experience is over, in my opinion. That's interesting. I uh, I absolutely feel like it's always... It's always progress. So if you look back, 
I think Bush increased the national debt by more than anyone had before him. And then Obama increased it. I think he doubled it. And I don't even think it's possible for Trump to do that. I don't even think that's possible. But you ha- it is true that, that the power rising to the top generally is progressive. It progresses. It does not retreat. The only possibility of that not holding true right now is that the American people were pushed to their limits and uh, the those shadow powers had to give back a little bit just to keep people um, having faith in the system. So it's uh, the way I look at things is a little more complex than what you see is what you get. And I appreciate when I get uh, tweets that <laughs> promote that way of deeper thinking. I'm going to go to some calls. Uh, Ryan in Johns Creek. Hi, Ryan. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Um, thank you for having me on. I just wanted to say I think uh, basically I'm a libertarian, and I think that Trump is not going to do anything good for the country or for freedom or anything like that. Um, he's already done a lot of harm talking about putting tariffs on other countries and then basically i just know that they're all in the same club the way you can tell that is right before obama left office he gives he sends an executive order allowing the nsa to share data with the uh fbi dea and other law enforcement agencies um and he gives that power to somebody that presumably he would think is dangerous right and so oh that's like, interesting so yeah what obama did was had to have been anticipating Trump. I even wonder if stuff Obama did like with the UN and Israeli settlements or the sanctions on Putin were really teeing up reactions, you know, like uh, forcing Trump say so that Trump doesn't have to be the one who initiates his reactionary policies. I think that there's a lot of that. I think just looking at what you probably know, libertarians tend to not fall for the left right thing. So even though uh, it doesn't have to be a libertarian philosophy, a lot of times we don't believe the official narratives of things. So when you look at the Middle East policy and you see the story about Syria, I mean, we, we our allies, Saudi Arabia and who knows who else are really engaging in regime change. And we uh, Kelly, who I guess is the national security now, but was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2012, they put out a paper that said we we would welcome the rise of an Islamic state to give us a reason to remove Syria. Are you familiar with that, Ryan? Uh, um, to remove Assad. But I, but I don't put it past them. I, I kind of look at it all like uh, WWE, if you're familiar, it's like storylines. Oh, like Trump is a... Everything is just all storylines. Like, everything happens so perfectly. You know like, that Trump is a WWE superstar, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, <laughs> I think the best thing that ever happened was... I like the only good thing about Trump being president is now we have a president that got Stone Cold Stubbies. that's great thank you very much ryan i i do want to just say um react to something you had said about the tariffs the problem as a libertarian you don't like tariffs because first of all they just interfere with free trade which is the optimal efficiency but they also tell american individuals who from whom they can and can't buy so when Nixon or however it evolved opened up China, my parents always boycotted China. They will not buy. My mother still doesn't buy anything from China because they consider communism to be slave labor. But they exercise that right personally. When the government picks and chooses who is the most favored nation, for example, uh, so China gets trade priority 
in this country. And that really led to their success. And that's basically an immoral decision if you believe that communism is slave labor. So you're mixing economics, power, government, morality, when uh, a libertarian would say, and I think this is consistent with American founding principles, let the individuals decide and don't micromanage stuff like that uh, to our detriment. So that's why it's basically free trade is a is a libertarian policy, but it should, doesn't even have to be bilateral. You can just say, we'll trade with you. If you want to dump cheap steel on us, that's great. We'll make computers, you know? It's better. Dumping is not, it's, in my mind, it's not bad unless you're worried about this concept. It's kind of like a Mussolini fascist concept, but it's called autarky, A-U-T-A-R-K-Y, autarky, where you have to be self-sufficient as a nation for reasons of defense. That's one way of interpreting it. That's, but that's a very bare minimum. That is not a reason to make sure that we produce everything. That defies this concept of efficient allocation of resources, this idea of comparative advantage. If somebody makes something cheaper than you do, more cheaply, like clothes, and you make computers, which makes your whole country wealthier because there's more profit in computers, let them make the clothes and you do the computers. So it's the freedom the liberty inherent in free trade true free trade is the the purpose is to maximize our wealth in this country and distribute it fairly according to individual choices not from the top it's it's just uh, libertarianism and i think it's consistent with american values i'm going to mari in ackworth hi mari you're on with monica mari am i not saying your name right it's Marie. It's Marie. The E fell off. I'm super sorry. Hey, Marie. And, and, and it's Gainesville, so I don't know what happened. Oh, but, sorry. Uh, you, were, well, you were just, you were just yes. addressing what I was talking about, but I do want to say this. It is completely disingenuous for our government to put you know, environmental strictures on our coal industry, on our steel industry, and then turn right around and buy it from countries that have no such policies. It is completely two-faced. Either we believe in the environment everywhere or we believe in it nowhere. And that's what's going on with the different pricing. In Mexico, in uh, Indonesia, and, and by the way, Bill Clinton instituted all these environmental policies and then shifted the shortfall to the worst polluters in the Philippines ever. And, by, and also on the Keystone Pipeline, take a look at the Democratic supporters that run the rail lines that carry all that oil instead of the pipeline. Oh, Warren and Buffett so, owns that know, big rail, everybody, railway. Everybody's scratching somebody else's back. But if you're going to, to not have a contract from an American company, then you damn well better buy it from people that ask for the same pollution controls in another country. Or you're a complete, you know, you're just Hypocrite. a Yeah, I, uh, there, there is a dangerous possibility there of what you're talking about where you ever heard of this thing it's this blueprint for north american union that the council of foreign relations put out under the 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 leader of that of writing that was william weld who pretended later to be a libertarian definitely wasn't heidi cruz signed off on it and what it talks about in that that's why i'm i'm nervous about any idea of rewriting nafta not that i'm a fan of nafta but if the powers that be want this other thing, which what they want to do is not only open the borders to goods and people and all that, but they want to make sure that all restrictions, all regulations, all labor laws, everything gets 
automatically converted to the most restrictive of those three countries. So it supersedes oh. your legislation and it looks at, so Canada probably has super, super generous labor laws and, uh, and environmental regulations. Everybody would have to do that without legislation, like the, the treaty itself would be, defa- you know, uh, overarching legislative approval. So that kind of stuff just scares me. Well, you know, I don't know if you read much about this, but about three or four years ago, they put the the last lead smelting plant in the U.S. out of business with an absolutely unrealistic air quality uh, demand, which was tighter than even Canada's most environmental policy. And they'd been in business 150 years, and it dovetailed into affecting ammunition and all of these different things. But I, you know, I don't want tariffs and I don't want protectionism, but we cannot shut our own companies down. And but then buy it from people that don't adhere to any any yes. sort of of quality yes. control. And it's this is right. one thing that I will point out that you're touching on. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but cronyism. I think is always something to watch out for. So Warren Buffett and his railroad uh, was in direct competition with the XL pipeline and it shut down from his buddy Obama. And then like the steel thing, I don't know if Wilbur Ross, our new commerce secretary still has interest in steel, but he was, he's accredited with reviving the American steel industry. And then when you have, case by case, country by country, company by company deals that you're cutting, the temptation for cronyism is so great. So when you tell me about them cutting out that or or regulating the lead company, the smelting company, till it's gone, I, I ask who in that other country, in that other industry, influenced whom over here to get that done? And I, I think hard about that stuff. I didn't investigate that particular topic, but that's what, when I look at these things, I don't like case-by-case stuff. I like rule of law, I like, which means everybody's held to the same standards, and that's the standard I'm going to hold this new administration to. I'll be right back after the break, wrapping it up. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Tuesday, sunshine and warmer weather in the forecast with a high of 64, but that could change. So stay tuned to Weekend Weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I am wrapping it up. I'm going to take one quick call. Roger and Marietta, you have the last word. I'll give you one minute. Yeah, I think the Trump presidency is a move towards central government at the federal level. And the major problem with that is progressives love that idea, and Republicans would go along with it just because he's head of the party, and who would stop it? I've, I actually coined a term for that, um, not that specific issue, but the general phenomenon. I called it right cover. So the people on the left gave Obama cover for bombing stuff to Kingdom Come and did not protest the wars like they would for a Republican. That with Trump, he can expand government, expand debt, um, have infrastructure spending or whatever else, or more centralized power. And the right is so happy to not have Hillary, they'll they'll have his back. They'll give him right cover. Yep. So that was interesting. That was a great way to end the show, Roger. Thank you so, so much. I am going to be back next week at the same time. So uh, one to three on Sunday before the Super Bowl. And it's I'm not going to bend your mind with <laughs> deep economic theory. We're going to have a good time. And Binkley, my trusty producer here, is the man for the job. Because in our first show, in our What to Watch Out for 2017, did you not nail... Patriots, Falcons for the Super Bowl, Binkley? I did. It was it was a pretty expert prediction. 
<laughs> well, this bar is going to be very high for you to both be entertaining and knowledgeable next Sunday because uh, I, I am better at mind-bending economic stuff, but we are going to have lots of fun. It's going to be an opportunity to lighten up. Uh, if you want to hear this podcast or any of our other podcasts, go to PropagandaReportDaily.com. You can always keep this conversation going with us at Twitter. Binkley's at Freedom Act Radio, and I am at Monica Perez Show. Talk to you next week, Sunday, 1 to 3. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB.